1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I tell you what I've done a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
0: Sunday night, three weeks away from the first Sunday of the season. Cannot wait, baby! Let's get it going, man. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today on this Sunday night, August 23rd, as I look at my computer to tell me the date. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. What's up, fellas? How's your weekend going?
1: Another quiet weekend in the books because they're not going to be so quiet three weeks from now. I share your enthusiasm. I cannot wait for the football. (laughs) The football. I've been enjoying the basketball.
0: I've been
2: watching. I thought you weren't enjoying the basketball.
0: Well, I've been trying to enjoy it. I, look, the NBA, for as long as we can remember, just has a big problem with the last minute or two of the game. It's just really bad. They have to fix it.
2: They have What's to fix the problem?
0: It. it takes too long. And they, they eliminated a timeout to speed it up. And then they added these reviews, and they review everything.
1: And it's just. Have you oh, not seen killer. the last two minutes of any half of pro football for the last twenty five years? I don't
0: think it's. I don't think it's as bad. It Doesn't feel as bad to me. Sometimes it takes forever. Yeah, I guess I just like football more than basketball.
2: <laughs> You're a Knicks fan.
0: Yeah, but I'm a Giants fan. You know, that's like what kind of argument is that? I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a Giants fan. They're all. They're basically as bad.
2: I was with uh, with a buddy today, and he is a Jets, Mets, and Knicks fan, oh, and that's like oh, the trifecta oh, of misery. Oh, oh. That's terrible.
0: Um, I went to college with a kid who was a Yankees, no, Braves, Cowboys, Bulls fan. (laughs) Everybody in the world hates that guy.
2: All right. In the 90s, yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So um, what was the biggest news item of the weekend?
1: Dave... Um, Well, other than the the scare of positive COVID-19 tests that turned out to be false positives, good news, season back on. Uh, Lamar Jackson, soft tissue injury, not practicing. Maybe not the biggest thing, because it sounds like he's going to be back at practice soon, but first the Ravens said he's getting a rest day, his arm's tired, and that wouldn't be a good thing. And then they said he's got a groin injury, and that's not a good thing either. So um, (laughs) uh, something to just keep in mind. It's not going to change a ranking or anything like that, but it's not good. Yeah, uh, he's hopefully going to be back on Monday. They said back on Monday, if,
0: if Jackson's not back on Monday, we can react again. But that was something that certainly caught our eye. Um, I said news, but it could be any type of development, uh, Jamie, anything really stand out to you over the, uh,
2: over the weekend? Uh, there, there were two, uh, the freaking out over Josh Jacobs because of Theo Riddick signing. And, you know, uh, I, I can't wait. I hope he's going to say yes. So this is my public plea to Victor four to come on to CBS sports HQ as part of our fantasy beat. Hopefully he listens because he just, uh, basically I, I like when guys, you know, say, Hey, Fantasy managers, calm down. <laughs> Josh Jacobs is still going to be involved in the passing game. He's not going to catch 60 passes, but Theo Riddick is added for depth if he makes the final roster. If you want an example, see Jeremy Hill. Um, and the other thing was people freaking out over Ronald Jones dropping a pass in practice. Uh, that was four that was, passes. That was uh, four passes. Well, the one that everybody saw. you know, so, Right. But apparently, um,
1: uh, sorry, Jamie, but apparently he dropped four. LaShawn dropped one. Keyshawn right. dropped one. Right. They have a crappy a quarter- I think they have a bad quarterback.
2: Um, well, you know, uh, that's probably true, but, um, you know, if you're in the Ronald Jones camp, uh, you, you want to, you want to see that happen because then it's going to keep him in a good spot for you on drafting. Yes.
0: And on the Josh Jacobs front, he had 20 catches last year in 13 games. He was on pace for 25 catches. He was the number 12 running back in non PPR per game, number 15 running back in PPR per game. And he only scored seven touchdowns, and that was on 262 touches. Uh, There's obviously, uh, you know, he's on pace for 323 touches and nine touchdowns. 1,600 total yards. He doesn't need to catch 50 passes to be really good, but he probably needs to score more touchdowns, I think, to to be a first-round pick. He's not going in the first round. But uh, if you want him to return first-round value, probably need double-digit touchdowns out of Jacobs. Would you agree with that? Because since we don't think he's going to get 50 catches, and it's very attainable, I'd say. But, well, he
2: may get forty-nine, just to screw you up. Yeah. What if he gets forty-eight? Forty-eight, gets forget it. Five? Um, I, I don't think fifty catches is in the cards. But you know, I, I'll just stick with what I've been saying all along that you know, thirty-five to forty would be great. Anything north of forty, you'd be thrilled with. Mm-hmm. And so, if he gets to that number, plus what he showed you as a rusher last year, if that can be replicated, especially over a sixteen-game pace where he was, you know, in, in the conversation to lead the NFL in rushing, in the conversation in terms of carries. So he's got that type of uh, that type of upside. It's the passing numbers that have to come along with it. And like I said, if you panic over jo- uh, Ronald Jones dropping passes and you're panicking over Theo Riddick joining the roster, if you're on the flip side of that, that just means better value for a player that you want to target.
0: That 50 catch mark, by the way, I want to reiterate, it's top five running backs almost always get 50 catches. Top 12 running backs, no. Uh, the guys who finish 6 through 12, they often don't. So it's a good thing. It's not a requirement.
2: Right. No. Nobody, I think, is expecting Josh Jacobs to be top five without a, a, a lot to happen to go his way. But six through 10 is where I think he'll finish.
1: That being said... I don't think it should shock you if he ended up with 50 catches this year. He can do it. It's just a matter of whether or not the coaching staff wants to let him do it. And Richard is good. Richard is the one that I'm worried about. I don't I don't even know if Riddick's gonna make the final roster. To me, that could have been about Devontae Booker not being good and they're just looking for another guy. And Bowden's gonna be just a few catches a game, if that. I I think he's got a shot at 50 or 90. Uh, <laughs> uh last thing here. Justify
0: if you are doing this. Justify taking Josh Jacobs over Austin Eckler in a PPR league.
2: I'm not. I don't think you should. I no. mean, you know, again, you're you're looking at what the receptions mean to uh, a player in PPR and what the targets mean to a player in PPR. You know, that that's going to offset some of those things. And Eckler, the hope would be, uh, I'm sure Heath would tell you this that. He takes a good portion of those 200 touches that are available from Melvin Gordon, you know, especially the carries. So you're going Eckler over Jacobs and PPR In PPR. Yeah. Okay. But in non PPR, I'm taking Jacobs easy.
0: I just ate on the air for the first time. I think ever. My raisins. Welcome to the club, Adam. Yeah. Oh, well, he's got the sunflower seeds going on my second box of raisins today. Uh, all right. So Lamar Jackson's big news, Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs, big news. I don't, I honestly cannot remember what we covered on the podcast on Friday. It's starting to blend in, but we've had these beat writers on HQ all week, and you, and you need to be watching CBS Sports HQ live noon Eastern, Monday through Friday. You can watch on HQ.com or better yet, download the HQ app, watch on your phone, um, watch on your Roku, which I do. But James is going to be a workhorse, apparently, and Mark Ingram, you know, I think Shraggy B was excited about what he heard about Mark Ingram, so... How about the Connor thing, the Connor news item, which I don't think we talked about on Friday, right,
2: Ben? We did. I not. I don't think so.
0: Okay, so what's the news here? Um, let's let me get that. Get, let's get that story straight first, and then we can react to it.
2: I mean, he said uh, Mark Cabali of the Athletic said a few things that were interesting. Uh, the James Connor one was was one that uh, we sent out uh, on Twitter on the FFT account that got a lot of buzz, and it was you know that Connor's still going to be the workhorse there. Uh, you know, Mark said. What I think, you know, a lot of people realize, if you look at the Steelers' history under Mike Tomlin, that they're going to continue to use one guy. He said Benny Snell will get a series or two. Um, McFarlane will, you know, sort of have to find his way to get a a niche role essentially. But if Connor's healthy, and and you know, as Mark said, that's the key. Um, he's going to be what he was in 2018, what Le'Veon Bell has been, what D'Angelo Williams has been when Le'Veon wasn't there. And so that's the you know uh, scenario that you have to buy into. So. I moved Connor up into the second round. Um, I, I think when you look at what his what his outlook could be, I think there should be 15 running backs now in round two. Um, you know, you got you to gotta obviously take it with uh, the understanding of, you know, he's, uh, he's an injury prone running back. But um, the other thing that he said on top of that was Benny Snell will be the guy, the backup guy, you know. So if you're looking for the handcuff uh, or a late round pick, you know, a lottery ticket type of guy, Benny Snell's coming in great shape. Um, Mark has written this. I don't think he said it in the interview, but um, – Le'Veon Bell, second season, better shape. James Conner, second season, better shape. Benny Snell's following suit, second season, better shape. So, um, losing weight, uh, you know, trimming up his body, getting himself ready for what could be a big workload if, if we see Conner go down. Uh, and then, just quickly, the other things that he said was that Juju is going to have a monster season and that Deontay Johnson is uh, everything that, you know, is being advertised from the fantasy community that if, if you're buying in. So, um, I, I know that caught Keith's attention. Because Heath is uh, you know, I think more of the well, James Washington's good camp and Deontay still has a way to go and he, I'm sure he does, but um, you know, Mark kinda confirmed I think a lot of things that that we were thinking. He also said Eric Ebron could have a chance for a good season too.
1: Yeah, I read his story on Ebron about how he's making plays in practice and he's gonna be a red zone monster and all, all the things that he was in Indianapolis, and it's just not. Apparently, he had a practice this weekend or something like that where he started to drop the ball a little bit, and that's always been a problem with him. Going especially in yeah. Indianapolis, I yeah. think it's the reason. I think it's the reason why he's not on the Colts anymore, but. Yeah, or the Eric Ebron could be an interesting week one streamer because he's taken on the oh, Giants. Oh, yeah, good call. And that depleted secondary. You can literally take him. You can take your DST and your kicker first because half the people in your league are not going to want to draft Eric Ebron.
2: Yeah, so. he said a motivated Eric Ebron's a good Eric Ebron. Right now he's motivated.
1: Yep. A so, lot of mouths to well, feed in that offense. Look, I mean, that's mouths obviously
2: a lot of optimism
0: about the Steelers, right? But – they, they're, well, that's they. That's why
1: Ben
2: Ben's a top five quarterback.
0: They are a t- look. He could be right. They're obviously is If Ben is right, they're a Super Bowl contender. Yep. Right. They got. Oh, they're, they're, they're they're,
2: Their defense is the best in football.
0: Yep. I don't understand. Okay, wait. I'm trying to find the spread for Week One. Yeah. What the three and a half? They're gonna kill the Giants. They're going to kill the Giants. Like.
2: I bet that. I bet that goes up as as Roethlisberger's report Get it now. Done. Yeah, of course you get to know. Yeah, three
0: and a half point favorites. Um,
2: So I'll start doing this every Sunday. Uh, So, what we, well, for the next two weeks, Uh, what we have coming up this week is we're talking NFC North. So, we have uh, uh, Lions, Vikings, Packers, and Bears, and writers from all those. I won't say everybody, just still they're confirmed, but uh, Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press is going to join us on Monday. So, we'll get an update on DeAndre Swift, who left practice, uh, I believe, on Friday with an injury. Hopefully he's okay. And we'll find out how good Stafford and Jones could be coming back. Galladay in a breakout season and how relevant Carry on Johnson should still be. All
0: right, I'm gonna just wrap this whole thing up here. We got rank, we got rankings risers and fallers coming up. We got fantasy combos. We've got the listener hot take of the day. We've got your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We were hoping to have uh we were hoping to have uh mm. On today, but uh, <laughs> could not make it unfortunately. Uh, so, and also, if you want your uh, your questions regulated, your fantasy league issues regulated, I will spare you the music. But we'll do uh, some fantasy regulators throughout the. No, week. no,
1: no! You're playing the music. Okay,
0: um, <laughs> I gotta find it. Sorry, it's I'm working. Oh, no, so this.
1: that's what it is. You weren't ready for it.
0: There you go. Uh, okay. Anyway, Dave. Final question is for you. All right. Is James Connor a second-round pick?
1: For yes. You? Okay. You don't. Know, you could try to get him in round three, and that obviously you'd prefer to get any player that we say is a second-round pick a round later than that or whenever. But yeah, he's he was in my top twenty going into the weekend, and uh, he still is. Okay. Um, with that said. You know, can I say one quick thing on the Lions running backs? Yeah, this, and then I actually this, have the, the big news. Up.
0: I have the big news of the weekend that we forgot. But go on.
1: All right. Matt Patricia was on SiriusXM NFL Radio and when they asked him about De'Andre Swift, he couldn't stop talking about how he likes to use multiple running backs.
0: <laughs> uh, and the other big news is that Dave has shaved, but like yeah. his goatee is like kind of there. You yeah. can't really tell what's happening.
1: I uh, I went a little too far with my uh, tremor. You had a goatee for how long? Oh, God, since college, except oh. for when I lost a bet.
0: Right, so that's over. That's 20 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it doesn't look like I have one much right now. Not really. Hey, no.
0: we've got a six-hour fantasy football draft-a-thon. On Wednesday, September second, supporting St. Jude. Okay, this is the best thing we do all year. We need you to support us. We need you to support St. Jude, not us. Join the Fantasy Football Today crew and other industry experts as we provide nonstop fantasy advice and analysis on CBS Sports HQ and on Twitch. That's six hours on Wednesday, September second. The St. Jude. These who are supporting St. Jude, the Fantasy Football Draftathon, uh, the Podcast League. Getting the submissions in now. I'm going to pick them by the end of the week. The the draft is on September first I'm right about right September first, right at eight PM? No. When is it?
2: Um uh, next week.
0: I thought it was September first.
2: No. Are you sure? First. Schrager? The the I'm sorry, the draft could be on September first. Is I just told you the week of the thirty first.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's September first at eight P. M. That works, sure.
1: Does anybody have a calendar for crying out loud? Uh, September first well, is Tuesday. Yes,
0: I told people when it was on initially. September first, eight p.m. Submit your entries. Something creative, a song, whatever it is, a poem, um, you know, a video, anything creative. Be creative. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. Put podcast league in the subject line and make sure you're watching us on CBS Sports HQ. All right, time for some fantasy combos, complete with Twitter polls. Would you rather have? Michael Thomas and Josh Jacobs or Dalvin Cook and Chris Godwin? What's the format? PPR. Glad
1: you asked. The Michael Thomas side.
0: Um, Maybe not. PPR? I'll say it again. Michael Thomas and Josh Jacobs or Dalvin Cook and Chris Godwin?
1: Yeah. Let me change my answer. To Cook? Yeah. Cook and Godwin. PPR, you just can't ignore it. There's there's a chance Godwin comes within 25 catches of Michael Thomas, and Cook should have at least 25 more catches than Josh Jacobs provided that he can stay on the field.
2: Jamie, I what's your answer? The thing is, you, they're, they're, I saw Ben Gretsch get into an argument with somebody who was uh, contending that he should have because he released his rankings, uh, which you should check out because they're not on, on the rankings page on our site, which is an oversight on our part, but um, Ben has... As I think everybody does, Kamara over Cook, and the person arguing with him was saying that Cook should be ahead of Kamara, which, if he's right, in terms of Dalvin Cook, I mean, wouldn't be a stretch. You know, we we saw him no, those uh, not at all those thirteen games last year was pretty impressive. So I think you're looking at you know Dalvin in PPR should be a lot better than Josh Jacobs, and your poll is incorrect because you called him Josh Jacob, so you made up. I'm somebody.
0: wondering if I ran out of letters.
2: I think I may have run out of
0: characters because I do see now it says Josh Jacob. Well, Josh Jacob and Michael Thomas actually got 67.5% of the vote. So it looks like you guys are incorrect or the listeners, or you're calling our listeners stupid. So either way, great options. Twitter poll number but they, two.
2: They, 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 you made up a player, so maybe they think you're, you know, you're talking about somebody
0: else. <laughs> Josh Jacobs
2: is the pass-catching
0: all-purpose <laughs> back on the uh, Raiders. Okay, uh, would you rather have George Kittle and Devin Singletary... Or Aaron Jones and Darren Waller? Would you rather have Kittle and Singletary or Aaron Jones and Darren Waller?
2: It's a good one. I would rather have... Whew, uh, what format? PPR. PPR. Kittle and Singletary. Take the best player.
0: So wait, yes. Kittle's ahead of Aaron? I don't know, Jay. I think Aaron Jones ahead of Kittle for you. No. No? Okay. Well, in half PPR, I know you took Jones over Kittle. Mm-hmm. But not in full? No. All right, so you're going Kittle and Singletary, Dave?
1: I think I'm going to go Kittle and Singletary, too. There does seem to be some traction to Zach Moss getting more than just the Frank Gore role in Buffalo. Apparently he's been really, really impressive. We might have talked about this last week, about how Zach Moss has started to play really well in practice, and he's catching the ball in practice, and it took Singletary a little while to get going this year, but now he has been getting going. I think he had uh, like one of his best practices over the weekend. Could be more of a tandem than we were initially believing there, but could see a similar tandem in Green Bay. We know that there's two other running backs that Aaron Jones has to work with, and Waller almost certainly will see fewer targets this year than he did last year.
2: Yeah, there was there was actually a report. Um, I don't even know who this guy is, Jim Owczarski. It was a Reddit. Jim O
1: O W C A R C Z A R C Z. I I I met him. He used to work in Cincinnati. Now he's in Green Bay.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at Roto World and it says Packers beat wire beat report. Jim O said AJ Dillon's role could change during the season, but he doesn't expect major usage in the early going. I mean, that's a good sign mm-hmm. for Aaron Jones. It's kind mm-hmm. of why I moved him back up because of the offseason, the lack of, you know, prep for AJ Dillon.
0: Last Twitter poll PPR, which combo would you rather have Patrick Mahomes and DK Metcalf or Kyler Murray and Kenny Galladay? This is a runaway right now, by the way. Mahomes and Metcalf or Kyler Murray and Galladay?
2: I'll take Murray and Galladay. Especially if you're looking at ADP.
0: Well, that's I used Fantasy Pros ADP and I picked, you know, a quarterback. This was a combination. All of these combos are basically based on ADP. You want the early round quarterback and the mid round wide receiver, or do you want the early round wide receiver and Galladay and, and Kyler Murray instead of Mahomes and Metcalf? So all right, Jamie's going with Murray and Galladay. Dave?
1: I am too. Murray and Galladay.
0: Okay, well, 29.4% 20, of the vote. Murray and Galladay, yeah, 70.6% like Mahomes and Metcalf. Interesting. What about
1: the middle poll? Did you say the results
0: for that one? No, I didn't. Sorry. Kittle and Singletary, 54.6%. Aaron Jones and Waller, 45.4%. Mm,
1: close. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you. That was a fun round of fantasy combos. I think people, I think there's still a large swath of the general fantasy playing universe that will gravitate toward those top quarterbacks early on in draft day. So that's probably why Mahomes got so much of the vote. I think they're, I don't think they're voting for DK. I think they're voting for Mahomes. Yeah. Probably figuring, you know, mega stud, tons of points each week. That's who I'd want.
0: All right, it's time for a new segment. Perhaps the only time we'll have it. Uh, listener hot take of the day. This is from Cassidy. Hot take for the year. CeeDee mm. Lamb is the best receiver for the Cowboys and finishes top 15 in PPR. I guarantee it. Run with it.
2: Well, Guarantees are uh, never wrong,
1: so. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting. I, I'm, listen, I, I loved him when he came out and I loved him when the Cowboys picked him. And Jamie brings it up all the time that at one point during the offseason, I had Lamb ranked ahead of, of Gallup. I'm starting to wonder if just you, you avoid Amari Cooper on draft day and go get the other two Cowboys receivers. And one of those two should be amazing for fantasy. And the other one could be a good flex for the year. And their values are great right now. I mean, Gallup, I, you might see him pushing around five eventually if he's not there already. I'm not sure what his ADP is. But Lamb's ADP can't be that high. I, You know, I, I think that he's got a real... They, everybody is going crazy over what he's doing in practice. He is 117th as as best, right now. Yeah, that's amazing. And so I think as far as pure talent goes, mm-hmm. Lamb might be... He'll. I think he'll eventually be the best one. He's probably not quite the best one yet, but uh, opportunities that I don't know how many there are to go around for three big time pass catchers in Dallas. But I, I, think I'd, I think I might start trying to cook up a strategy where I get Gallup and Lamb on my fantasy team.
0: It's so her, her bold prediction is Lamb is top fifteen in PPR. AJ Brown was top fifteen in non PPR last year, but he was something like twentieth in PPR. I think the last time a rookie-wide receiver finished top 15 in PPR was the Beckham-Evans year. I don't think it's happened in the last five years since then. So that is a really, really tough um, mark to crack. Brown was 21st. That was the highest of A.J. Brown of all the rookies last year. So keep that in mind, but it is a bold prediction. Why did I read this? Because the follow up email from Cassidy is why I read it, okay? <laughs> Cassidy okay. says, I was hoping you'd share my hot take on CD Lamb, and in return, I will donate to the Scott Fishbowl or whatever fundraiser you'd like. So I usually don't accept bribes to get on the show, but if you're gonna donate and have us talk about CD Lamb, that is fine with me. So, Cassidy, thank you uh fantasy cares is that where we should send cassidy
2: yes you can or you could do saint jude's you know for the yeah how that about that you know, let's do- donate yeah. to saint jude that would be incredible e- either either one is is obviously a take great whatever
1: choice. you were gonna yeah. donate to one cut it in half and donate to both
0: um and then cassidy Or double on, it and do it for both cassidy oh, yeah. went on to say you're truly this to me you're truly a great person and i appreciate your character in a world of so much darkness right
2: now there's no way that that was to you that
0: I was like, everything up to that point was terrific email and then it just went off the rails. Uh, And then we've got the how come this never happens in my league of the day. I've been going through a bunch of my emails today. Somebody, (laughs) (laughs) one of our listeners traded um, Justin Tucker for Leonard Fournette. (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: a little too much Leonard Fournette hate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How come this never happens in my league? Justin Tucker for Leonard Fournette. All right. Let's do rankings, risers and followers here. I got a lot of news to get to later on in the show, but let's start. I asked you for three risers, three followers. Dave, Dave, Give me your three risers, and then we'll talk about the first one.
1: I gave you Damian Harris, Philip Lindsay, and Antonio Gibson, but I probably should have given you Bryce Love instead of Antonio Gibson. Good, let's sub it. It's just, it's just, it's just more, it sets more and more love for love. And don't you uh, feel like
2: I'm sorry? Not stop, don't you feel like go Gibson's going to be overdrafted?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I've got somebody in Washington telling me that he looks great as a running back too. Like, not only just, is I he doing amazing I can't things, I can the work. That's a problem. Well. Let's talk about it. What could what could the workload be? Because Adrian Peterson's definitely going to be involved as long as he's upright. Coaches love him. True pro, talented guy, can still play. That's probably at least a dozen carries per game in neutral situations. Yep. When they're playing from behind, I don't know if it's going to be Gibson getting all that because I just wonder if he's going to be a little too gadgety and, or they use Gibson plus something else because – I don't know, maybe they're just a little too thin at, at wide receiver right now. Once you've got McLaurin and Sims, um, Dontrell Inman's going to light the world on fire. I don't know. Maybe they get Gibson out there. So I think Bryce Love can end up getting the rest. And you go back and you watch Bryce Love play in college and just fast, good pass catcher out of the backfield. Wish he played with more power. I wish I knew what his body type was like right now and how much weight he had on him did he put on a little extra armor while he was recovering from the acl it, it sounds like he might have because ron rivera is talking about him like he could be an eventual three down back well dave and let me ask you I this think the last time he talked about somebody doing that was christian McCaffrey.
0: so you've got both those guys uh harris and love and they both have a chance to become the lead back for their teams harris for the patriots love for the redskins who would you take first
1: I think I'm still taking Harris first, even though he's got he, he's got the same type of problem. He's got to share with James White. There's no doubt about that. James White's going to have his usual role. And if Cam Newton's a quarterback, and it looks like he will be, what happens when the Patriots get inside the three-yard line? They could hand off to Harris, and I think he can do good in that role he did at Alabama. Or Cam Newton can do what Cam Newton does and score from short yardage. I know we talked about that last week, so not a new hot subject for the podcast. But I think Harris does have potential to finish as a number two running back, certainly in non-PPR, whereas Love and Gibson might have that potential in full PPR. But you don't have to draft him that way. None of these guys. I don't think Harris is going to go into round seven anytime soon. I think that's a reach. Unless think-
2: unless Sony Michelle's on the pop list. And, and, and the Patriots running backs coach said that he thinks that Michelle will be ready to play week one. So that is the story you got to follow is, you know, what's going to happen there. They, they still but have Is an he activated. ready. Will
1: he be ready? I
2: it, I don't know. I mean, that's the question, you know, it, it, and if you're again, and you're in Damien Harris camp, this, these are the type of things that s- sway how you end up getting him one way or the other, you know? So mm-hmm. if Michelle is on the pup list, the rush for Damien Harris is going to be there. If he's not, and you know, he's, you know, Cleared in some capacity, cleared for week one, but still not playing, still not practicing. You know, then it bumps Harris down a little bit, and that makes it a better value pick. And you know, you can still get six weeks out of uh, Harris being the guy until Sony Michelle is maybe doing anything, or it could be three weeks, or it could be one. But there's yeah. also the Lamar Miller factor looming. That's the know, thing you got to gauge. So
1: yeah, but I, I mean, how how effective could those running backs be if they're just you know doing individual stuff on the side? and not participating. I mean, we're still Miller, three weeks away. I, I don't away. know if it's even fair to say for Miller, just because he's a veteran and he's been around, and, and Sony has too, that they could just like, you know, it's like riding a bicycle. They get right back into it. I, I think that there's a legitimate chance here for Harris to. Oh, to
2: I, to I, I, I I totally agree. I'm just, you know, the other side of it is, again, if you are buying into Damien Harris, which I think everybody should, because what we know right now is Michelle's hurt and Lamar Miller is not active. So you should be looking at a guy who's been turning heads in practice and getting an opportunity to showcase himself as the potential starter. But if you are buying into it and you want to try and drive down the price, you should be saying to your friends and should be, you know, talking about it. You know, because I mean, a lot of this is regional, too. You know, when you when you when you have guys like this that, oh, look, Sonny Michelle is getting some positive reports or. Lamar Miller is close to being active. You know, those are the last two things that we've seen from the Patriots, which you know we're never going to give you an accurate answer on what the, the status of these guys are. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything Dave said. You know, I, I would take love, um, I would take the value of love over Gibson. Gibson's ceiling is probably higher at this point, but you know, love may end up being the best running back for Washington, um, just based on a 35-year-old in front of him and a converted wide receiver. Who hasn't had more than 50 carries in his career?
0: Well, but who would you take, Jamie Love or Damian Harris?
2: I would. I would take Harris in non-PPR. I would take Love in PPR. But they're so close. Uh, I, I think you can make an argument either way. In half PPR, I would. I would take Harris as well.
1: Okay. I'll go Harris. I do. I have Love ahead of Gibson already in PPR. That can't be right. I'm looking at my rankings. I have Gibson ahead of Harris right now in full PPR. I guess that makes sense.
0: To me, like I I take the other side, right? Because what is, what is the best we're going to get from, from Gibson? He's not going to be a factor on the ground.
2: Tariq Cohen or James
0: White. I, you think is. like that's a, that's an eighty catch guy. He's I can't see him getting. That's, as what I'm a rookie, that's the best
2: catches. case scenario for him is him being that type of player. I think, like I, mean, I Dave, think you, as you a rookie, said, you that's seventy catches. 70 catches. catches. Yeah. yeah, I, I don't right. I don't think that happens. But I, I I think look the thing with Harris and uh, with Love and and Gibson, they need Adrian Peterson to go away. They're never going to hit their ceilings if what, Peterson's that, there. Because, but what
0: if what if they're so bad? that they just say, all right, look, sorry, Adrian Peterson, second half yeah, of the year. I hope so. Right? Yeah. You know, that right. th- that probably doesn't exist on the Patriots where it's much more likely on the Redskins.
1: There's one more thing. Look at this offensive line for Washington. Look at the offense in general for Washington. I don't think it's going to be conducive to effective rushing. And I well, it was last I, year. It was all right. Probably because they ran great. so and and, much. Right. Right. Exactly. And I don't think they will nearly as much. I think throwing to the running backs is going to be a much bigger part of their offense. And that's what love can do. And that's what Gibson can do.
0: That's what love can do. I love it, Dave. All right. Philip Lindsay is
1: uh, anyway. The point is I I, I think between rounds eight and 11, and it might literally be eight, nine, 10, you could get all three of these running backs on your squad.
0: I don't want to do that. That sounds like a terrible, I know who does who Dave Ben. And Gretch. <laughs> I don't. Know. But I just don't see what what is the upside of Gibson. It's just it's like all he could be is strictly a PPR guy, and I feel like a bi week replacement. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, but like if he's not gonna have any carries, if
1: he gets five for fifty and does um, a Chris Thompson gig every week, then that's at least the same. Yeah, we we don't, we, five don't
0: every we don't, week. We, we don't know we don't we don't know how
2: how him. Washington is fully going to use him. All right, all right,
0: move on. to Philip Lindsay, Dave.
1: It's starting to look like he's going to take some more work than anticipated away from Melvin Gordon. So I moved him up in my rankings.
0: To where? And ahead of who?
1: He's he's gonna be right in that same range as the running backs that we're talking about in non PPR. PPR he's gonna be behind him because I still don't see him having a viable role as a pass catcher.
0: Um wait sorry, ahead of who?
1: I don't know if he's necessarily going to be ahead of those guys. I said he was going to be in the same range oh, as those guys. Love and Harris? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I have him a lot ahead of a lot farther ahead of those guys. Well, sure, but I think they're pretty close. And in non-PPR, I think he could be ahead of Gibson pretty easily.
0: Well, can we just say Gibson has probably no use
1: in non-PPR, right? Or He would be a stunner if there... he was a starter in non-PPR.
0: Yeah, Lindsey, um, Melvin Gordon's a little banged up right now. Would you take Philip Lindsey or uh, a Lions running back?
1: I would take Swift over Lindsey.
2: I have both Lions over Lindsey, but I have carry on and Lindsey back-to-back. Okay. Especially with Swift banged up right now.
0: Let's go to Jamie's risers. Jonathan Taylor, Preston Williams, and Chris Herndon are your risers. All right, so Jonathan Taylor, Preston Williams, Chris Herndon. Let's start with uh, the rookie running back, Jonathan Taylor.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the he's living up to the billing right now, so it's... uh you know, nice to see. And, you know, I, I, always expect it to be a split. Um, you know, when the off season, everything, they killed preseason. I adjusted all the rookies and where I had Taylor, which was in the top 20, I put him, uh, at 23 in non PPR, 24, 25 and PPR. And now he's back in the top 20. I mean, you know, you just look at what his opportunity is and if he hits, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a play on him being better, depending on format over the Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell group. So, you know, I'd I'd rather take my chances with the upside of him versus the downside of what those guys are looking like right now.
0: Even in PPR, you're taking Jonathan Taylor over those. I'm taking
2: Le'Veon over him in PPR. uh, But, you know, he's uh, still, I would take him over Gordon because it looks like Gordon's going to share pretty, uh, pretty close to 50, 50 split. Uh, Lindsay's getting rave reviews, as Dave just said. um, And he's actually making plays in the passing game. So we'll see what Melvin Gordon's upside is as a pass catcher there. And then, um, you know, the, the group of, uh, of David Johnson, Mark Ingram loses in PPR. As we know, um, I'm not going to trust Leonard Fournette and I'm not there yet with Ronald Jones over Jonathan Taylor.
0: All right. And Preston Williams channeling Heath Cummings here. Did you move Preston Williams ahead of where Heath has
2: him? That's what I want to know. I don't think I put him up to five yet. (laughs) Um, but I, I've been moving Preston Williams up with every positive report. And uh, Joe Shad, who covers the Dolphins for the Palm Beach Post, I used to work with Joe. Um, he had a, a story in his notebook or a note in his notebook about Preston Williams turning heads at practice. And you just look at it, you know, with, with the two guys that they've lost in, in Hearns and Wilson and the fact that he's healthy and what he was doing before the ACL. And it seemingly looking like Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to start more games than Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, there's a lot of targets available. There's a big opportunity there, and he's he's a physical freak that you know took advantage of his opportunity last year and put himself in a good spot this year. So, if he's healthy, he's got you know top thirty upside. I don't I don't want to go too crazy. Heath is probably a little bit more excited about him, which he should be. He's been on uh, all over Preston Williams for two years, but um, like I moved ahead of Anthony Miller, you know how much I I think of Anthony Miller. So I, I think you know that's you a guy that wow yeah Miller still hasn't been clear with his shoulder. He's he's not going you know full go yet. So uh, that that's making me a little nervous. Um, you know, we got a negative report essentially on Alan Lazard. If you want to start putting guys in that range, um, you know, I think Preston Williams. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Cassidy's excited about C.D. Lamb, but I would take Preston Williams over C.D. Lamb right now because I think there's more targets available. Um, Jerry Judy, Jalen Rager, you know, I would take him over those guys over Henry Ruggs. Uh, you know, so there, it it's, uh you know, I had him in like the mid 40s. Now he's closer to, you know, 37, 38. And, you know, I think he's a, he's a number three receiver upside.
0: Okay. And your last rankings riser was Chris Herndon.
2: Yeah. we talked about this a few times. Um, you know, the opportunity is there in terms of targets. Uh, I think, you know, you, you're going to see how Sam Darnold operates. We saw him as a rookie, you know, 36 catches, 540 some odd yards and, and five touchdowns, four touchdowns, five touchdowns, whatever it was. Um, you know, he's, he's got a chance to build off that he would have, I think, built off of it last year. As a sophomore, touched a sophomore tight end, and the thing you know that I keep coming back to is uh, Sam Darnold played nine games with Ryan Griffin as the starting tight end last year. He scored five touchdowns in those nine games. So if Herndon just takes that that uh, workload, and Griffin was a you know a streaming tight end last season with the way he was performing, certainly in deeper leagues. So Herndon's now in that conversation for me with uh, the two sophomores of Fanton, Hawkinson, Who Smith. Um, I would take him ahead of Austin Hooper and Derek Cook because I don't think there's much upside with the two veterans compared to you know some of these other guys. Um, for me, he's right behind Gaseki right there with Blake Jarwin. You know that's another guy I like a lot. So you know those two guys for me are uh, are the if I miss on 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 a tight end, I'm looking in this order: Kusecki, Herndon, Jarwin, and uh, I have no problem taking two of those.
0: Okay, I gotta say, Chris Herndon and David Njoku were teammates in college.
2: If if Chris
0: Herndon ends up being better than David Njoku, that would be such like such an unheard of upset. Nobody could have ever predicted that, and it looks like it's going to happen. It's amazing. Uh, what,
1: what could also happen is neither one of them ends up being much of anything, and the bigger disappointment would be Njoku. Yeah, for sure. Who you may have realized pretty early on that that could have been the case. Pouring a little bit of cold water though on
0: on Herndon, just one thing is week one is at Buffalo. There, Buffalo was one of the few teams that genuinely seemed to be great against tight ends last year. But oh, again, I mean,
2: he's going to have some struggles, clearly. You, you don't know, have
0: to you, you don't know. have to start him on week one, but he's to no, be on your radar.
2: You no. Don't, and if you you know go back to what Dave said, Ebron and Herndon, that's a that's not a bad pairing to see how it plays out. There you go, right? And, good and, point. But
1: the idea is that Herndon could end up becoming a consistent starter for your team. Yep. I'm not a huge Herndon fan, but one of your last three or four picks, you want to take the chance on a position that's done well with Adam Gase and a guy that has some talent and seems to be connecting with this quarterback, that's fine. Ebron is disposable. Herndon could be disposable too, but there's a little more long-term upside with him.
0: We're going to take a break. When we come back, who is falling in the rankings? Uh, A rookie running back, a second-year running back, a fifth-year, sixth-year running back, I think. Um, And we'll be back to tell
2: you who they are right
1: after this.
0: Going to Jamie's rankings followers, he's got three running backs. J.K. Dobbins, Melvin Gordon, and Miles Sanders. Melvin Gordon is in what? His sixth year? Or his fifth? I think his uh, fifth.
2: Fifth makes sense.
0: Okay. Um, so let's start with Dobbins. Why is he falling?
2: I just think we're going to see a scenario. and you know, Maybe I'm buying into a guy that I trust. Uh, Jeff's Rebeck, who is on our show on, on HQ, covers the Ravens for The Athletic. He said to, said to me on the show that he's fighting for Gus Edwards touches and Gus Edwards isn't completely getting benched. And then he doubled down on that with what he wrote over the weekend that it's going to be those guys picking up the scraps um, behind him and they don't really know what role they're going to use Dobbins in yet. He is an unbelievable lottery ticket if Mark Ingram goes down because if he gets that opportunity, he's going to be a rock star. And I think that's why you bank on him for being a huge fantasy player in 2021. But if Mark Ingram stays healthy and, you know, he's been healthy more times than not, then I think it's going to be tough for JK Dobbins to be successful. So I had Dobbins um, just behind the other two rookies that are typically going to be the fifth, sixth round guys of Cam Akers and Deandre Swift. I've now moved him behind Zach Moss and I put him behind um, the, the two veteran guys that I think you see, you know, in that round seven round eight range of Marlon Mack and carry on Johnson. So, uh Dobbins, I just think you have to treat as a good backup running back on a team that's going to run the ball a lot, and there's 130 carries that he could potentially get. But I don't know if he's going to get much more than that, and I don't know how involved he'll be in the passing game.
0: Okay, and Miles Sanders is kind of obvious. How far did you drop him as he's dealing with this week-to-week injury?
2: Yeah, as I told you when we talked before the show, I don't think I did drop him. So, um, you know, we <laughs> I know we were talking about this. I was trying to come up with a third guy, and that was our uh, – Our conversation, but I just think you have to look at it. It's more of an overall thing, not really a a running back thing. So I dropped him more. I think, in I'm sorry, I did drop him actually. So I'll 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 take that Uh, in non PPR. So uh, I would actually take Derrick Henry over him, and you know what I think about Derrick. Um, Oh, I think Miles Sanders is a back end round one pick now in non PPR.
0: Is he a first round pick in PPR?
2: He's still a first round pick in both. But um, I I was always taking Henry in the first round in non PPR but back end. And I don't typically see him going there, but, uh, in PPR. Yeah. He's, uh, he's in that 10 to 12 range.
1: What I'm hoping for, uh, what I'm hoping for is that the Eagles are just taking exceptionally precautionary measures with him and that what he's got going, it doesn't sound like it's very serious, even though they list him as week to week, but maybe they're just going to try and put him in bubble wrap until the week before their opener against Washington.
0: Hopefully. And Melvin Gordon is your third follower. Dave's moving Philip Lindsay up. Jamie's moving Melvin Gordon down. Um, you put Jonathan Taylor ahead of him?
2: Yep. I would take Taylor. Yep.
1: I mean, I I guess I get it. I don't know. I, I I wrestle so much with Jonathan Taylor. Figuratively. I mean, I, you know, figuratively.
2: Op, op, offensive line is fantastic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, absolutely. Opportunity is huge if Marlon Mack's there. But if you're talking about Melvin Gordon sharing 50-50 and Jonathan Taylor sharing 50-50... I'll take the younger Wisconsin back at this point. Sure. Um, uh, PPR, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's it's certainly probably it's certainly a different argument because Gordon should be more involved in the passing game, but we don't really know what they're going to do with Jonathan Taylor. We're just we're just speculating because of the other guys that they have there. So, um, if Gordon is not in that fifty catch range, which is kind of where he's lived a little, you know, for when he's not at at his best, um, it could be it could be a little bit of struggle for him. So he's not in the in the round three range for me anymore. I wouldn't take him to round four.
1: It's not just that for Melvin Gordon. It's also is he living in the ten plus touchdown range, which he's lived in for a long time in his career. Yeah,
2: it's been not nine nine touchdowns every year, but but his first year.
1: Right, right, right. And last year he probably would have had ten if he had actually shown up at yep. the beginning of the year and not held out. So, it's it's a cl- it's it's getting to be a closer call. I think Melvin is starting to become, you know, you, you talk about your bridge running back Jamie, and You've got Aaron Jones and James Conner and Chris Carson. Melvin is the troll under the bridge, but he's still somebody who, like, might be able to help you. He's It's it's getting uglier for him as, as the days go by, but I don't know if I've got another running back that I feel more comfortable taking ahead of him. And the problem that I have with Jonathan Taylor is and he's is, is a 50-50 split. It could end up being 33-33-33. They've got three running backs there. And Hines is locked into that passing role. I don't know if
2: that's the case. Well, you think to be Mack gets it? I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you remember me following the draft before the draft, you know, I I thought Hines is going to be a 70 catch guy. You know, he's averaged 54 catches in his career. And then you get Philip Rivers, who this is what he loves. And so uh, even after the draft, you know, I said I wasn't going to move Hines. But I mean, I think you've heard me say this before. It wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you look at their three best backs in order. Taylor's seemingly the most talented based on what his pedigree is. Mack would be second and then Hines would be third. Well, why would you want to take Mack completely out of the picture? And maybe use him as the pass catcher, not to the same level that you would use Hines if it was just Hines. But I think if you're just looking at it as okay, how do we keep Mac involved and active and, and part of this offense, and maybe make Taylor's role a little bit bigger? Well, use Mac in some passing situations.
1: And I don't then, know this do to do? be true.
2: I'm just getting. sure.
1: I Sure. We're just speculating here. And I, and I appreciate it because I'm trying to get a grip on Taylor. You're you good and ben Gretchen, a lot of other people you're running away with Taylor. Like he's going to be the, the stud and I could totally see it happening. But as long as there's other bodies there who have done a good job, maybe not a great job, but a good job for Indianapolis. I think they, I think the Colts have the benefit of time here and they could ease in Jonathan Taylor and Very it could well. hurt his ability mm-hmm. to, to, hit that upside and that's why i'm i'm not ready to take him with a top 50 pick yet
0: mm. uh, jamie you mentioned you said 50 50 split for melvin gordon and philip Lindsay. is that what you're expecting
2: that's what we're hearing i mean you know that's the the report that we got from Fangio that he said i don't feel like i have to name a starter yeah and...
0: I, but he didn't say there it's going to be a 50 50 split
2: he, he's no, just the, the the speculation based on what he said was a 50 50 split
0: not to me. I mean, it wasn't a 50 50 split last year. I for, for Freeman and Lindsay.
2: I well, would ex- Lindsay is, as a rusher, the best player that Melvin Gordon has shared a backfield with.
0: Maybe. I mean, Eckler's as very a rusher. Good. Yeah. I I love Philip Lindsay. I was very disappointed last year, but I still think you bring in Melvin Gordon, I, I feel like 50 50. Sixty forty. I. If, if you're, what if if you're,
2: if you're looking at it from Philip Lindsay and everything that he's done? You know, he put in work on his body, put in work. It, it's it's essentially like everything Dave has uh, reported about Ronald Jones. Philip Lindsay's done the same thing. Put weight on. Spent a lot of time working on his role in the passing game. Well,
0: then how could you um, like him? You don't like him. Got running backs put weight on.
2: I, I don't, this is, this isn't necessarily like Philip Lindsay to me is not a, uh, he's a riser. I, I think I agree with Dave. You know, I, 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 I would take Philip Lindsay as a good number three running back and a half, mm-hmm. but Melvin Gordon is first off, we haven't even said he's battling a rib injury. I, yeah, I did you know. So, it, yeah. Right. Know, it doesn't uh, sound like
1: it's a big deal, but I, I
2: agree. But yeah. you know, it's, it's the whole, it's the whole package starting to come together. You know, you have a guy who's back to back thousand yards as a undrafted rookie who's done nothing but been awesome since he's been with this team. And yes, there are metrics that don't make him uh, a top tier running back. His pass blocking, his pass catching, his route runs—all those things you want to you know throw into it. But he's not somebody that you just say, okay, go away. It's the same thing like you just don't say Marlon Mack go away, no, carry on right, Johnson no. go Phil away.
0: Yeah, good, yeah for sure.
2: All so, right, so yeah, go ahead, finish up. I, I, I I'm just looking at it. You know, again, we're, we're we're nitpicking with these guys. So I don't think you completely avoid Melvin Gordon. Like, you know, I I don't want to go back to Dave's uh, pick-by-pick number three team where he took him in in round three because, as Dave said, I had to get a running back. Like, I don't think you should subscribe to that with him. But if that's round four, it makes a little more sense. Okay. All
0: right. Uh, Dave, I hate to do this to you, but I just want to get to the news and hopefully some emails. Um, Let's go through your followers. Uh, Give me me some thoughts. Carry-on Johnson, T.Y. Hilton, Rob Gronkowski. Let's start with carry-on.
1: Carrion had some interesting quotes recently when they asked him about his knee brace. He's wearing a knee brace, first of all. That typically isn't a good thing, but he says he's one with the knee brace. And then when they asked him about what he might be learning from DeAndre Swift, here's the quote. Well, I can't learn anything from Swift because the way Swift's knees bend and hips work, I can't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so when he comes up and does his little shaky bake, whatever, I can't do that. So I just say, good job, maybe do this a little better, or maybe do that, but you got open. <laughs> it's hard to tell somebody who got open, don't get open. So, I mean, he's doing an excellent job. So it, it, it almost sounds like he's resigned to the fact that he's not as talented or as flexible and versatile as DeAndre Swift. And despite that, the Lions are still probably going to use multiple running backs because that's just Patricia's theory. Why, why would he use a great three down running back potentially in Deandre Swift when he's got carry on Johnson to take some of the work away? I just don't want carry on on my team. Okay. So I, I'm moving him just south, south, south. So I know that it would have to take me drafting with nine or eleven clones of myself to actually get on Johnson on my team.
2: What do you think happens, Dave, if if he stays healthy? Like what's your projection for that backfield if on plays 16 games?
1: Oh, if he were to end up playing 16 games, I still don't know if he's as talented as DeAndre Swift is. Like I, I just see Swift as the better football player and certainly the more um, explosive and speedy runner between the two of them at this point. I, I, I don't think the Lions drafted DeAndre Swift with the idea of, yeah, he'll be a great complement to carry on Johnson. I think they, they realize that carry on Johnson isn't as good as they thought he was, and they might be resigned to the fact that he could be brittle and he was brutal in college, and now he's been brutal in the pros. So his role, maybe the split eventually, maybe the Lions come to their senses and they do it sooner than later, especially if they're talking about using Swift in like a Camaro type role where Kerryon Johnson gets, maybe he gets what we were originally thinking for Philip Lindsay, which is around 10 carries per game. Maybe that becomes 10 touches because Carrion can catch the ball but i don't i don't think he gives them nearly as much explosiveness as swift does i just wish swift were practicing every day because the reports before that were mostly good you know patricia wasn't tipping his hand and he was kind of you know backhand complimenting swift about some of the things that he did but if the lions are smart they'll want to try and get their running backs involved in the passing game more that would help matthew stafford that would diversify the offense more than they have in the past and swift is very good at that he's got great natural hands
0: Another fall for you is T.Y. Hilton. Where'd you move him?
1: He continues to move down for me. I think I've got him either in round six or out of round six, just because I'm not quite sure he's the same running back or receiver rather that he was before. And I look at all, I, I look at, I look at what the Colts did this off season by drafting Michael Pittman, drafting Jonathan Taylor. And I, I, I think they're going to try and be versatile. And I know Philip Lindsay's in camp, and I know he's he's throwing well and doing great. And maybe Hilton does lead the team in targets, but I don't think he comes back and uh, finishes as a top twenty or even top twenty-four wide receiver. I think I think you saw his some of his efficiency metrics fall last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his average depth of target fell, yards per catch fell. He's never been a big touchdown magnet. They've got a lot of options in the passing game, and now they've got three running backs that could end up taking some work away and easing the pressure off of Phillip Rivers, who's, what, 38, 39 years old? It would only make sense that they try and diversify a little bit. So I think the target share is going to go down for T.Y. Hilton because of it. So fewer targets, not nearly as effective as he was previously. I'm going to let somebody else draft T.Y. Hilton this year.
0: Would you take a Texans wide receiver or T.Y. Hilton?
1: I think I've got them ranked really close to each other, and I would probably be at the point now, I don't know if I could do it, I don't know if I could do it. I, TY might be just ahead of Cooks and Fuller. Okay. But I remember I'm different when it comes to Will Fuller. There's a lot of people that see the upside in Will Fuller. If you're one of those people, it's easy to take Fuller ahead of TY. All
0: right. Rob Gronkowski, your final faller.
1: I, again, just a lot of pass catchers in that offense, and Gronk is just now starting to round into form. I'm really starting to buy into the idea that he'll be. You know, a lot of touchdowns, not a lot of playing time, not a lot of yardage might have a lot of games under 50 yards this year, which makes him touchdown dependent fantasy tight end. So who did you move ahead of him or who'd you move him behind? Hurst is ahead of him for me now. And he was ahead of a lot of people. Hurst was ahead of Gronk for a lot of people. And uh, I think I'm probably going to move Austin Hooper ahead of Rob Gronkowski too.
0: Well, all righty. So uh, to recap, Jamie's three risers were Jonathan Taylor, Preston Williams, and Chris Herndon. Dave's three risers were Bryce Love, Damian Harris, and Philip Lindsay. Jamie's fallers were J.K. Dobbins, Melvin Gordon, and sort of Miles Sanders. Dave's fallers were on Johnson, T.Y. Hilton, and Rob Gronkowski. In terms of news items that we may have missed, Daryl Henderson uh, has a mild hamstring injury, I believe. Yep.
2: Yes, um, scrimmage on Saturday.
0: Yeah, so we're keeping our eyes on the Rams' backfield right now. Uh, Malcolm Brown got the first carries and carries. Yeah, first carry in their scrimmage. Uh, Nick Chubb's out of the concussion protocol. It doesn't seem like there's a reason to draft Keyshawn Vaughn right now. Is that fair to say?
1: Looks like he's going to be returning kicks. Yeah,
2: yeah, late round, late round, late round lottery ticket, if, just in case Ronald Jones goes down. Josh He'll Kelly Josh Kelly could be gaining
0: ground on Justin Jackson already. Love to
1: hear that. Yeah. and That one we saw coming.
0: Brandon Ayuk has a leg injury.
2: Man, so, they can't get a healthy receiver.
0: No, no, they're snake-bitten. It's just kind of. It's going to be
2: interesting to see uh, how, like, I could see Kendrick Bourne being the week one waiver wire claim. Like he goes out and has two touchdowns in like seventy yards.
1: Kendrick Bourne, yeah.
2: Like that—that's the type of guy that you—you're gonna. To...
1: They've got Arizona week one. <laughs> <laughs> they might put Peterson on him. <laughs> Who else are they gonna yeah, put? Peterson on Kittle, maybe yes. that could be. Oh, interesting. Oh yes,
0: please! That would be awesome. If they put Not Peterson, little guy. Uh, I, don't know. I would, I would, you know what? I wouldn't even care. I would pay to see it. I would. Love I bet to see they that. would.
1: They Kittle would get plenty of targets, and I'm sure Peterson would win some of the time, and Kittle would win some of the time. That would be a lot of fun.
0: You know what they should do? They should put Isaiah Simmons on George Kittle. Let's see how that
1: goes. I think that's I think why, that's why they, they, drafted they drafted him. Yeah. I,
0: I think that is, but I don't think week one of his rookie season with no preseason games is the right time to put Isaiah Simmons on, on George Kittle. Uh, let's go to the emails. Finish the show here, uh, Cameron. In a town south of St. Louis,
1: uh, Little Rock, Arkansas.
0: Dear Freddie, Ronald, Ozzie, and Dansby. Come on, Jamie. Freddie, Ronald, Ozzie, and Dansby.
2: Freddie Ronald short stops. Come on, Jamie.
0: No, they're not shortstop Straggler. They're they Braves. They're not. It's not Ozzie Smith. It's Ozzie Albies. And it's Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna. Mm. Schrager <laughs> chimes in. They could be shortstops too. Uh, Maybe. We could probably find some Freddies that played shortstop. All right. Anyway, I noticed there's a group of running backs I would normally target in the late first and early second rounds that have the same bye. Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb all in week nine. Would this change your change your strategy at all if you're going RBRB? The first two picks, they had the same bye. Would that bother you?
2: I wouldn't love it, but you know, what are the what are the buys? Week nine, You'll
1: you got time to then. prepare, oh, yeah. right?
2: Okay, from Steven,
0: I have a question about Zach Ertz. Last year, he was in the tier with Kelsey and Kittle, and despite putting up similar numbers to Kittle, he's down around fifty to sixty in your rankings. Why isn't Ertz being considered in the top tier this year?
1: I Ertz think we really. I'm oh, sorry, uh, go ahead there. I, 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 th- I think I. Can speak for you here. We're worried about the target share not being there for him. They added Rager. Deshaun Jackson's healthy. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is getting some complimentary reviews. Philadelphia. Every receiver there spot. has gotten
2: rave reviews. It's amazing. Greg Ward, Arcega-Whiteside, Deshaun Jackson, Rager, Wes
1: Watkins. I. quest yeah. Watkins had some nice things yep. to say. They love everybody. Well, everybody loves everybody They were starved for pass catchers last year. So don't forget Goddard. I mean, you know,
2: Goddard was, was a, was a monster for them. The running backs were doing a great job. It's just hard to envision him being as successful as he was first off two years ago, he was record setting, you know? So that's why he was in the same conversation with Kittle and Kelsey. And then he took a a step back um, and he's also a little older, you know? So, it's uh he's still a great player. It's you know, it's it's not a, it's not a slap in the face to have a guy ranked a little bit lower because he may be a little bit worse, but you know, you're you're still looking at there there's a clear four at tight end. There is a definite clear four and kid. And, and I'm sorry, Ertz is the fourth. So uh Andrews is just you know having a monster monster training camp building off what he did last year, and there are targets available for him now. So um I would take Andrews over Ertz, but if you're in the Ertz camp, still take him third.
0: All right, this is from Mason Hurst from Winters, California. Hey, Mike, Chris, Tom, and Rob. I don't know. Box. Who- oh, there you go. If they were like baseball players, I would have got it. 12-team, half PPR league, where you can keep up to two players in the round they were drafted. Uh-huh. Keeping Mark Andrews in the 12th. Pick nice. one more. Kyler Murray, 8th round. Ronald Jones, 8th round. Marquise Brown, 11th round.
2: Man the value for Marquise Brown is amazing but do you want to go all in on the Ravens passing game when their quarterback just has a soft tissue injury Yeah that's
0: what uh, um, that's what this email was actually about pairing those right. two, yeah. yeah uh
2: Look if Ronald Jones hits and he is the guy for for Tampa uh round 8 is not necessarily the best value cuz he's basically going to be around 6 7 pick based on ADP you're going to see sharps take him in round 5 um Kyler Murray, if he hits, is going to be a top three quarterback. I would
1: lean toward Murray. You can keep Marquise Brown for a ninth rounder next year, and then a seventh rounder the year after that. That's tempting. That's tempting because if he does come through, then you've got you've got the Ravens' top targets for basically the prime of their careers, and then you can just go hog wild on running backs for most of your first five or six picks. I love Ronald Jones. Even I think he'll have a great year this year, and then huge question mark after this year. I'm going to say Brown
0: from Garrett here. I have the second pick of the draft. I'm anticipating Kai Edwards Ziler being taken. That leaves me. I'm sure there are keepers here. That leaves me or with Henry draft. Mixon. Oh, that leaves me with Henry Mixon, Jacobs, and Eckler as potential first choices. I want to keep this player for the next three to four years. Who would you take, Henry Mixon, Jacobs, or Eckler?
1: What's the
2: score?
0: Don't know.
1: I don't think it matters. I think it's Jacobs.
0: Uh I yep. Just yes, I agree. Sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean Mix, mix is hard to overlook too.
0: Uh yeah, but he's two years older than two years further in his career than Jacobs. So uh finally, Dan in Atlanta wants to know what draft slot he should take in a two quarterback league.
2: Top four. Why? Because you can get one of the two quarterbacks if you're so inclined. If not, you get one of the running backs. And if you want to pick fourth, you may get Saquon.
1: If you love those top four running backs and those top two quarterbacks, you can go to six. And then you're guaranteed either one of the top four. Well, then you just you're, the you're leaving it you're
2: leaving it to other people if that's the way you want to play it, but sure.
1: Right. But then you pick ahead of all those people in round two, and there should be a great quarterback there or a very good running back, very good one Ten wide
2: team league, by the way. Ten team league, then I'm gonna go one.
0: But then you're not gonna get an elite quarterback. No, well, you might get one of
2: the top six.
1: Maybe. You might. You might. If you if, if
2: all six and if, you of those don't, guys, and
1: if you don't, then that means you're just getting right. If all a six of those guys go in the first twenty
2: picks, you have you have the potential right. of Kelsey or Kittle, you have the potential of one of the top three wide receivers, uh, top four wide receivers, and you know, still another great running back. And yeah. you get McCaffrey. Hey, <laughs> <So>. McCaffrey. <Sure. laughs> oh, boo-hoo. Yeah, that works. <laughs> All right, guys, we're
0: out of here. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We'll come back on Monday with another episode. Uh, we've got a fun week planned. We've got league winners in each round. We've got ri- wide receiver versus running back debates. Uh, try to get a guest on later in the week as well. Maybe talk a little IDP. I'm Adam for Dave and Jamie.
2: See you later.